Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real Steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome in another very special edition of the 50 greatest players of the last 50 years as we continue our countdown and we are now to the truly hallowed ground. The top three. And all along everyone has known who the top three are. The top three are going to be in some order Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, LeBron James, and Michael Jordan. The question has always been what is the order? And let me say this. I know some people, when we, we do the GOAT debate a ton on sports television, and one thing I have been incredibly consistent on, and some people agree with me, I think Dan Patrick agrees with me, I think the man I'm about to mention himself agrees with me, that the GOAT debate is almost always constricted to LeBron and Michael. But there is a third person that by any measure should be included in. And that is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And so if the GOAT debate is truly a three-person debate, that means there should there is someone who might be the greatest player ever who actually must come in as the third greatest player ever. And that is how we land here today. In one of the most famous, most celebrated, most accomplished athletes in the history of any sport, Coming in at number three on our list, the third greatest player of the last 50 years. Number three, Michael Jordan. Now, before I even get into it, let me say this. This is a celebration of these players, okay? All of these lists, all of these videos have been about how amazing these people were and everything they accomplished. Now, by virtue of having Jordan third, Folks are going to say, I am hating on him. I am trying to tear him down. None of that is true. And the way I would like to do this is over the next 20 to 25 minutes, I'm going to speak in almost exclusively glowing terms about Michael Jordan. Then we'll take a break. And on the back end, I'm sure we're going to have some callers, maybe even a caller that played with Michael Jordan. Tell me why I'm an idiot. On that side, I will defend his ranking at three as opposed to two or as opposed to one. But right now, what I want to talk about is what he did. And what he did was arguably have the highest peak of any player ever. Jordan's apex, you could argue, is the GOAT apex. The problem is, unlike LeBron and Kareem, the career was shockingly brief. 
Now, what he fit into that shockingly brief career is all-time stuff. So let's go through it. He is 10-time first-team All-NBA. That is tied for the fourth most ever, one-time second-team All-NBA. He is five-time league MVP. That is the second most ever. And five other top three finishes. That is 10 total career top three MVP finishes. Only LeBron and Kareem have more. He is a 10-time scoring champ. He is a one-time defensive player of the year. He is nine-time all-defense. He is a three-time steals champ. And he is fifth all-time in points scored. On career points per game, this is all regular season stuff. We'll get to the playoff stuff shortly as we always do. Regular season, the most, the 30 points per game in the regular season, the most ever. The only career 30 point per game scorer in NBA regular season history. A career average of 30 points, six rebounds, five assists on 50% shooting. His first career 35 point game was the third game of his career. His first career 45-point game was the 10th game of his career. And as you will see here, and as I want to illustrate here briefly in the regular season portion before we get to the playoffs, Jordan's career, I think, for good and for bad, gets distilled far too often to as if he only played six seasons. And that allows people to say, oh, he never lost, which is obviously not true. However, what it denies Jordan is how utterly brilliant he was from almost the moment he walked in the league. So Jordan is awesome as a rookie, wins rookie of the year. Jordan in year two breaks his foot and barely plays. Starting in year three, before he ever sniffed a championship, Michael Jordan was already arguably the best player in the sport. In year three, Michael Jordan averaged 37 points per game. That is the most points anyone has ever averaged in a season not named Wilt Chamberlain. In year four, Michael Jordan averaged 35 points, five rebounds, six assists. In year five, a year he averaged a triple-double for damn near a month. He's playing point guard. He averaged 33, 8, and 8. And in year six, Michael Jordan averaged 34, 7, and 6. Those years don't get discussed with the way they should because they didn't end in championships. But those four seasons, years three through six, Michael Jordan, over 330 games played in the regular season, averaged 35, 6, and 6. And then he started winning titles. Before, again, before we get to the playoff start stuff, and again, by the way, that 35-6-6 six, and six came along with three steals per game and on 52% shooting. Kobe Bryant did it, was the best Michael Jordan impersonator we ever had, if you will, for the late, great Kobe Bryant. What Kobe Bryant was never quite able to uh, master was the efficiency that Jordan was able to score with. He, is, he scored at least 30 points 562 times. That is the most all-time. He scored at least 100 or 40 points 173 times, 173 40-point games. That is the second most all-time to Wilt Chamberlain. He scored at least 50 points 31 times. That is the second most all-time to Wilt Chamberlain. So now we get to the postseason, okay? 
And what you are going to see is there are almost, and this is another check mark in Jordan's favor, to his credit, unlike LeBron and unlike Kareem, he never had the true dark playoff moment. LeBron, obviously, in 2011, Kareem's were a little tougher. We'll get to it in the Kareem video. Jordan didn't have that, and that's to his credit. Michael Jordan, because even when he got swept, which happened early on, he wasn't playing poorly. So Jordan, six-time champ, six-time finals MVP. 1985, he is a rookie. They are playing, remember Sidney Moncrief from those Milwaukee Bucks. He averaged, as a rookie in the playoffs, 29, 6, and 9. And in the only game they won, they lost 3-1. He had 35 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, 4 steals. 1986, he misses most of the season with a foot injury. He came back shortly before the playoffs, played the 86 Celtics in round one. Some people argue that's the greatest team ever. Scored 49 in game one, and they lost in a blowout. Scored a still playoff record 63 points in a double overtime loss in game two. For the series, he averaged 44, 6, and 6, and his team got swept. The second best player on his team was Orlando Woolridge. Can't really blame him for getting swept. He did average 44, 6, and 6. 1987. He is swept by Boston again, despite this time he averaged only 36, 7, and 6. He did have 42 in game two. So at that point in his career, he's been in the league three years. And boy, oh boy, if we had the modern media that we have now then. At that point, Michael Jordan, three years into his career, was 0-3 in playoff series, was 1-9 in playoff games, and, and here's something I don't think most people know, the Bulls were under 500. They made the playoffs, but were under 500 in every one of those years. It wouldn't have been fair, but today's me would have been like, ah, can you win with Michael Jordan? 1988, he answered some of that. Wins league MVP, wins defensive player of the year, wins his first career series. Game one against Cleveland has 50 points. Game two against Cleveland has 55 points. Scored 44 in game four against Cleveland on 72% shooting, but they lost. Do or die game five, scored 39 points. Average for the series, 45, five, and five for his first series win. Very different story though in round two. You're playing Detroit. He only scored 31 time. It was 36 in a game two win and they lose in five. That is a great Pistons team that would come this close to winning the title if Isaiah doesn't sprain his ankle. 1989. First truly deep playoff run and his first truly iconic playoff moment, singular moment. Obviously, he had the iconic game, the 63 against Burt. One of the most famous shots in NBA history we'll get to in a moment. Round one against Cleveland. Scores 30 in every single game. Averages 40 points, 6 rebounds, 8 assists for the series. Game three, series is tied one game apiece. He throws up a 44 7 10 and 5. 44, 7, 10, and 5. In game four, he scores 50, but they lose. No other Bulls scores more than 15. They lose in overtime. Game five, he has 42, 9, and 6 with one second left. He finished with 44, 9, and 6 because he takes the inbounds, hits the shot over Elo for the shot. 
And that is a true, as true of a do-or-die shot as you can get. It's game five of a five-game series. They are trailing by one. It is truly the final shot of the game. If he misses it, their season is over. If he makes it, maybe they can win the title. He makes it. for the So then it goes on. That's the shot that everyone has seen for 100 years now. Round two against the Knicks. Averages 36 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists. Game three, tied 1-1 in that series. Pardon me. Uh, game three, tied 1-1 in that series. Has a 40-15-9-6 to take the series lead. Game four has a 47-11-6 to go up 3-1. And then in game six to close them out, close out the Knicks, has a 45-10. In the Eastern Conference Finals for the first time ever, he puts up their 1-1 against Detroit. Game three against the Detroit Pistons, the defending Eastern Conference champions, but the Pistons have not won a title yet. Game three, series tied. Throws up a 46-7-5-5. But then... He's not great in games four and five, and they lose three straight to lose the series. Game six, Pippen plays one minute. It's one of the famous things. Go to the last dance if you want more on Pippen's struggles in the final games against the Pistons in these couple years we're going to talk about. Pippen just averaged nine points for the series. Jordan, by the way, for that postseason to get to his first career conference finals, 35-7-8. So here is, again, Jordan at this point has never gotten out of the East. And look at and look at how great he had been in that po- in those postseason. It's one of the reasons why I hate when we just distill the career to the championship years. It actually denies some of the greatness of early peak athletic Michael Jordan. So 1990, he's now gotten his first taste of the conference finals. Beats Milwaukee in round one. Jordan averages 37 points, eight rebounds, seven assists, three block, three steals. Round two against Philly. That Philly team had Charles Barkley, by the way. Scored at least 37 in all five games, including the following in games two, three, and four. A 45-8 and 7, a 49-5 and 5, and a 45-6 and 11. That's three straight games. For the series, averaged 47, 43 points, seven rebounds, seven assists, four steals. Now he's got Detroit again in the Eastern Conference Finals. Falls down 0-2. Detroit's the defending champs. Goes for 47-10 in game three, 42-9 in game four to even the series. Games, they, they then split games five and six. Game seven. MJ, now listen to this, because they get blown out in game seven, okay? Jordan had 31 points, eight rebounds, nine assists. So how did they get blown out? Well, Pippen goes one for 10. Jordan was 13 of 27 from the field. The rest of the Bulls were 15 of 63 from the field. Jordan scored 31 points. The rest of his team scored 41 points. And they lose to Detroit again, despite Jordan averaging 37-7-7 for the series. So now, now we've gotten through the early Jordan part of the careers, the struggles to beat Bird, the struggles to beat the Pistons, And now we're about to get to the championship portion of his career. 1991. Sweeps the Knicks in round one. Round two beats Chuck and the Sixers again. Scores 46 in game three in that series, which is actually the only game the Bulls lost. In the elimination game of that series, has 38 points, 19 rebounds, and seven assists. For that series against Chuck, 
averaged 33, 8, and 8. Then full vindication against the Pistons in the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, sweeps them out of the playoffs. MJ averages 35 and 7, 30 points, 5 rebounds, 7 assists. The Bulls went 11 and 1 en route to the finals. In his first finals game ever against Magic and the Lakers, he has 36 points, 8 rebounds, 12 assists, but they lose. The Bulls would then win the next four to win the title. That was an interesting finals to go back and rewatch because the Lakers essentially dared Michael Jordan to be a passer, and he did. And so he averaged 31.7 rebounds, 11 assists, and he did it on 56% shooting. So he wasn't forcing shots. He was taking the shots when they were there, 56% shooting, his best shooting performance in any finals ever, and his best assist performance of any finals ever. He's a finals MVP, obviously. He's a champion. 1992, as a defending champ, he unleashes, he doesn't have his best finals ever, but you, I would argue his best playoff run ever. Miami, round one sweep, 46-11-9, then 33-13-6, and then 56-5-5. So to sweep Miami, scores 46, goes 46-11-9, and 33-13-6, and then 56-5-5. Five five. Round two against the Knicks. Series is tied 2-2. Scores 37 to take the series lead. And then in game seven, drops 42 on them and blows them out. Averages in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Cavs, 32-6-6. Six and six, And then absolutely annihilates Clyde Drexler, the second best shooting guard in the NBA in the NBA Finals. And by the way, that that Blazers team had been to the Finals a couple years prior against Detroit. Annihilates Drexler. In Game 1, he has 39-11. and 11. That's the shrug game with six first-half threes. And they blow him out. In Game 2, they lose, but he has 39-10. and 10. In Game 5, the series is tied now. Going for back-to-back titles. Series tied two games apiece. Michael Jordan scored 46 points and five rebounds, four assists. And then to win the title, they are down 15, headed into the fourth quarter. This game never gets discussed. Game six, the 92 finals, down 15, headed in the fourth. Leads a massive comeback, finishes with 33 points, averages for the series, 36 points, five rebounds, six assists on 53% shooting, while Drexler averages just 25 points on 40% shooting. Now it is two titles, two finals MVPs. 1993, Jordan, and this is the other, Jordan, before his father was tragically murdered, was already, listen to Ahmad Rashad, talking about retirement. He's running on fumes. Doesn't matter. Sweeps Atlanta and Cleveland in rounds one and two. And by the way, it has another series winner against the Cavs. It's not as iconic because they weren't trailing because they were up 3-0 in the series, but another series winning jump shot against the Cavs. And averages 32-6-5 across those first two sweeps. But then, this is an interesting moment. Interesting fork-in-the-road moment for Jordan. This was probably the closest he came to a true disastrous playoff moment. But Pippen bailed him out. They're down 0-2 to the Knicks. And that's when they're discussing, oh, he was out all night gambling. Everyone remembers game four. Game three, he was 3-for-8. Down 0-2 to the Knicks. Jordan goes three for 18, but Pippen's excellent and they win. And then in game four, that's when he dropped 54 on the Knicks. 
to, to take re-control of the series. Then game five is the Charles Smith game. When Charles Smith gets blocked four times at the rim. Jordan had 29 points, 10 rebounds, 14 assists. The Bulls win four straight and they're back in the finals. And then in those finals, he had arguably the greatest finals anyone has ever had. There's a short list of the greatest finals anyone has ever had. Giannis in 2020, LeBron in 2016. Uh, we can, you know, you, you can pick your favorite Magic finals. But Jordan and D. Wade in 06... The greatest finals anyone's ever had as far as start to finish, Giannis in 2020 is close, but Jordan in 93 is pretty spectacular. By the way, just just remember, Jordan had just taken, the a couple years prior, played Philly in 91, and Jordan, yeah, in 90 and 91, Jordan annihilates Philadelphia with Barkley there. Barkley is now on the Suns. Barkley is the league MVP. And this is what Michael Jordan does. Game one, 31 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, 5 steals, and a win. Game two, 42 points, 12 rebounds, 9 assists, and a 3-point close win. Game three, 44 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists, and a triple overtime loss. Game four, 55 points, eight rebounds, four assists to go up 3-1 in the series. Game five, championship on the line, 41 points, seven rebounds, seven assists, but they lose. Game six, 33 points, eight rebounds, six assists in the game where Paxson hits the shot to win the title and have the first three-peat in the NBA since Russell's Celtics. For that NBA Finals, Michael Jordan averaged 41 points, 9 rebounds, and 6 assists on 51% shooting. It might be the greatest Finals performance anyone's ever had. He then retired. And this is, now this is the small part of the Jordan story that doesn't get told, but we will tell it because again, not telling it denies him some of his greatness. He retires, comes back for the tail end of, misses the 94 season, comes back for the tail end of the 95 season. And in those 95 playoffs, he was absolutely awesome until the very last game where he wasn't. What do I mean by that? Everyone remembers the 96 team, which we'll get to. They won 72 games. They won the title. In 95, Jordan averaged more points rebounds, assists, and shot a better percentage from the field in the playoffs in 95 than in 96. His first playoff game, again, year and a half out of the sport, first playoff game, he had 48 points, nine rebounds, eight assists. He had against Orlando in round two, the team that beat him. He had 38 in game two. He had 40 in game three. He had 39 in game five. But game six... He was 8 of 19. He only had 24 points. He had six turnovers. Nick Anderson stole the ball from him, and they lost. So people, so here's the thing with Jordan. Because people don't want to acknowledge that he ever lost, they try to tell you this story. Oh, he was rusty. He wasn't. He was awesome. He averaged 31 that series. He scored 48 his first game of the playoffs. And against Shaq and Orlando and Penny, he had... A 38-point game, a 40-point game, a 39-point game. But game six, a little loose with the ball, and lost, 
And Orlando obviously goes on. They beat the Pacers in the conference finals. They go on to lose to Akeem in the finals. So the next year, Jordan is back with a vengeance. They win 72 games of in record. He has 35 points to open the playoffs in an easy sweep of Miami. He has 44 points to open round two against the Knicks, 46 points in game three against the Knicks, and 35 to close them out in five. Then they get Orlando in round two. Total vindication, sweep Orlando. So they went 11-1 in the Eastern Conference section of the playoffs. And in that sweep against Orlando, we had 35 in game two. I'm, yeah, 35 in game two. Do I have this? No, no, no. I don't have that right. I apologize. Uh, 35 in game two and 45 uh, in game four to send them home. And then the finals are an interesting one. Because that Bulls team was an obviously an awesome team. But the, the Sonics could have presented a, an interesting matchup for him. But George Carl's just was just so idiot. Wouldn't let Gary Payton guard Jordan. So what does it matter? First three games of the finals, Jordan averaged 31 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, and shot 46% from the field, and they go up 3-0. It is then that George Carl says, okay, Gary, you guard Michael. Those last three games, he averaged 24 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, on 36% shooting. So Michael Jordan, who annihilated everyone in every finals he ever played in, Averaged 24 points and three assists on 36% shooting once Gary Payton was able to guard him. But they were already down three up. And they lost, you know, the Sonics won game four. They won game five. The Bulls win game six. And, and if I'm George Carl or Gary Payton or Sean Kemp, it still keeps me up on at night. Jordan wins another finals MVP. It's his only finals MVP where the numbers are not off the charts. Where the efficiency is down in the low 40s and where the, the points per game are not obscene. 27 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, but he's clear finals MVP's champion again. 97. Now we're in the 97 playoffs, defending champ. Has a 55-point game on Washington in game 2 of round 1. Has 34 points, 11 rebounds, 6 assists, 4 steals in game 1 of round 2 against Atlanta. Against Miami in the Eastern Conference Finals, he actually struggled a little bit, shooting less than 40%, averaging less than 3 assists per game. But And it did look like the Jazz could beat the Bulls, but they couldn't because Jordan killed him. Opens the finals with 31 points, four rebounds, eight assists, and the game-winning buzzer beater after Carl Malone misses two free throws. That's what, you know, created the, the mailman doesn't deliver on Sunday's posters. Game two has 38 points, 13 rebounds, nine assists to go up 2-0. He doesn't play that well in games three and four in the even the series. In Utah. And this is back when it's 2-3-2. Game 5, 97. Does it ring a bell? Yeah, it does. It's the flu game. So what happened in the flu game? It's not the flu game, the hangover game, whatever, the bad pizza game, whatever you want to call it. Here's what happened in that game. He has 38 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, including 15 fourth quarter points in a fourth quarter comeback. The Jazz as a whole had 16 in the fourth quarter. It was tied with 45 seconds left. MJ misses a free throw. Gets, yeah, I know you're going to be shocked. He did miss free throws occasionally. But he misses a free throw. Gets his own rebound. Ends up hitting a three. Unbelievable. Misses a three. Misses a free throw. Ends up hitting a three, which was obviously rare. So now they're up three. And they end up winning the game. That's how they win the flu game. Game six, another fourth quarter comeback. 
Jordan adds 39 points and 11 rebounds, has 10 in the fourth quarter, and then Kerr hits the game-winning 15-footer off the MJ assist. MJ for the series, 32 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists, and another finals MVP. And now we're to the last dance. 1998. Averages 36 in a round one sweep of the Nets. Averages 35 and 5. 30 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists in round two against Charlotte. Has 41 points, 4 rebounds, 5 assists, 4 steals to go up 2-0 on the Pacers again in the Eastern Conference Finals. But Chicago loses games 3, 4, and 6 by 2, 2, and 3. The game six is the famous one. Reggie Miller's got the hurt ankle, and then he pushes off, gets the open shot, hits the three to win the game. Larry Bird walks and doesn't respond. Now all of a sudden, the Bulls are facing a game seven for just the second time in their championship runs, for the second time in, since they started winning titles. And what happens? Uh, pardon me. In game seven, he has 28, nine, and eight, and they handle the Pacers. So now we're to the finals. Down 0-1 to the finals. Has 37 points, including 13 in the fourth, to critically even the series. Up 2-1 in the finals. Has 34-8, including 11 in the fourth, to win the game. Now they're up 3-1 in the finals. Game 5, he's okay, but late, down 2, with the ball, Jordan pulls up from 3 and misses. So now it's a little treacherous. Now we're going back to Utah again, 2-3-2 format. Had a chance to win the title. Now Utah's home court advantage. And that is what leads to, I believe, the single finest game of his career, which is the final game as a bull. Now the numbers don't say it's the final game of his career. It's kind of an odd box score. He had 45 points, one rebound, one assist on 15 of 35 shooting. There were a dozen games I listed here, more than that, better than that. But given the context that Pittman's back was shot, Rodman wasn't, Rodman was hanging on by a thread. They were staring at a game seven in Utah after they just survived a game seven against Indiana. And the Bulls couldn't score. I mean, Jordan scored 45. The team didn't score 90. The context of it and how he finished it makes it the single finest game of his career. Game seven was going to be in Utah, as I mentioned. Another fourth quarter comeback where MJ scores 16 in the fourth quarter, including this sequence to win his sixth and final championship. Down three with 40 seconds left. Races down the court. This is a total gaffe by Utah letting him get it so quick. Races down the court and gets a layup. Then steals the ball from Malone along the baseline. Then the shot over Russell. For the finals, average 34 points. Four rebounds, two assists for the for his sixth title, his sixth finals MVP, and his final game as a member of the Chicago Bulls. He then actually, by the way, was those two years with the Wizards, averaged combined 21 points, was not some bum of a player, but never made the playoffs. So his final playoff resume in addition to the six titles and six finals MVPs, he led the playoffs in points per game 10 times. He has the second most career playoff points behind only LeBron. He has the most career playoff points per game at 33 and a half. Only Luka is above 30. He has the fourth most career finals points behind only Jerry, West, LeBron, and Kareem. He has the second most 
career finals points per game behind only Rick Barry. He has 109 career 30-point playoff games, the second most of all time behind only LeBron. He has 38 career 40-point playoff games, the most of all time. He has eight career 50-point playoff games. No one else has even five. There are only 45 total in NBA history. There have been 11 NBA playoff games where someone has scored at least 55 points. Michael Jordan did it five times. Everyone else has done it six. He is one of only three 50-plus point finals games in the last 50 years. LeBron and Giannis have the other two. And he, of course, has the most points ever in a playoff game. He did that in year two, the 63 points against Larry Bird and the Celtics. So there it is. 30 minutes. I hope I did it justice. On the third greatest player of the last 50 years in the NBA, Michael Jordan. We'll take a quick break. And I'll now listen to some callers tell me why, despite all of that, I am nothing but a Michael Jordan hater. I'm excited for it. With Factors, delicious, ready-to-eat meals, you will be eating stress-free this spring. Each meal is chef-crafted, fresh, and dietitian approved More importantly, they are never frozen and ready to eat in just two minutes. Choose from a weekly menu of 35 options, including Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, or Vegan and Veggie. Also, discover more than 60 add-ons every week, like breakfast, on-the-go lunch, snacks, and beverages to help you stay fueled up all day long. Try meals with premium ingredients like filet mignon, truffle butter, and shrimp. Restaurant-quality food that you do not have to prep, cook, or clean up. Delivered right to your doorstep. And if you need to change your deliveries, you can pause or reschedule whenever you like. Factor is your solution for fast and premium meals. Also, for the month of April, Factor is celebrating Earth Day all month long. Look out for the Earth Month Eats badge on the menu for our lowest carbon footprint meals. So, what are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash nickwright50 and use code nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code nickwright50 at factormeals.com slash nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box and 20% off your next. Fuel up fast, eat better, and get back to what you love doing this spring with Factor. All right, welcome back in. It is a special edition of What's Right with Nick Wright, the 50 greatest players of the last 50 years. And today was number three. It was one Michael Jordan. So listen, I spent, I think that was 30 minutes, giving as fair and full accounting for the greatness that was Michael Jordan's career who packed about as much winning and offensive dominance as one could pack into a 12, a tr- really a 12-year prime of his career. He played 13 years with the Bulls and then two years with the Wizards, but it was a 12-year prime that we're talking about there. So that was treating the Jordan one the way I've treated all of these, which is these are tributes. That it is, you know, an honor to be anywhere on here. I understand, however, the Jordan one is going to come across differently because the majority of people think he is the best player ever and no one ever stops for a moment to consider should Kareem be ahead of him 
Whenever there's a debate about the GOAT, it's Jordan, LeBron, LeBron, Jordan, Jordan, LeBron. Kareem has such a strong argument that it had to be considered. And once I considered it, I came to the personal, my own list, my personal feelings that it's not just that LeBron has had a better career than Michael Jordan. Kareem had as well. Now we'll see who ends up being number one on my list. I know everyone assumes they know what it's going to be, but everyone assumed it was going to be LeBron one, Jordan two. So we'll see. I say all that to say this. Now we're going to have some callers that are going to attack my integrity and the credibility of the list. And this is the segment where if I have to fight back, I might, it might sound, well, we'll see what they say. We'll see if I'm able to just stay positive about Michael Jordan or if I have to bring some facts to what is going to be an emotionally wrought discussion. Let's go to our first call. Hey, Nick, what's up, man? It's Greg Olson, uh, your colleague at Fox. And let me just tell you, living here in North Carolina and having a lot of friends in Chicago, you are not a very popular man right now. Uh, I know you just released your top 50 NBA players in the last 50 years. And the gentleman you have at number three, uh, by the name of Michael Jordan, people are not happy. I think you might want to – I I don't feel great about it. I'll be honest. I'm a, I'm a Jordan guy. I don't know if you can have a list where Jordan's not number one, but I'll tell you what. The people that I know in Chicago and the folks here in North Carolina who bleed Tar Heel blue, you are not on the top of their list. So I would highly recommend maybe not coming through these woods for a while, and uh, I wish you the best of luck. Well, listen, Greg, that's a, that is a good entry point to this. Greg didn't really attack me. He just said, I'm not popular. You know, I'll be honest. I hadn't thought about, I knew people in Chicago wouldn't be, wouldn't be happy with me. And we're going to hear from some people in Chicago in just a moment. I didn't think about that folks in the great state of North Carolina. I'm a, I like the Tar Heels. I'm a Tar Heel guy that those people are going to be mad at me about this. That's a bit of a bummer. That's all I'm going to say there. Now we'll go to Chicago. I don't even know who we're going to in Chicago. It's either going to be someone who played with Michael Jordan or someone who idolized and covered Michael Jordan. Either way should be good. Let's go to the next caller. So let me get this straight. Nick Wright is putting Michael Jordan third. Okay. Let's, uh, let's talk about Kareem first, who was maybe the, I don't know, fourth best player on his team when he won his last two championships and was injured and not on the court when Magic Johnson carried them to a title in 1980 playing center. And by the way, Kareem had all sorts of migraines and problems in the Boston Gardens years when they could have won the title. But okay, let's put Kareem ahead of Michael Jordan. And then the other guy who scored eight points in a finals game being guarded by J.J. Barea and lost to the Mavs up two games to one, who in his career, the two biggest shots that were hit when he was on the court was by Ray Allen after he missed a three and Kyrie Irving with him standing in the corner, Kyrie with a contested shot, the biggest shot in Cleveland history. But oh yeah, that, that, that block was really, really sweet. And then there's the other guy who in his prime 
was the best offensive and defensive player in the game. 37 a night, 200 steals, 100 blocks in back-to-back -back seasons. Offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, MVP. And then, oh yeah, let's give you one all-star. And oh yeah, you'll win six championships and never lose. And by the way, that one all-star, he basically was worthless in 97 and 98. But let's put Michael Jordan third. This is offensive. This is ridiculous. Okay. All right. That was a great job by Carm. So then that's Mark Carmen. You can hear him on WGN in Chicago. You can read him on Fan Sighted. You can also check out his diary, which has little Michael Jordan pictures and hearts written in it. So let's first talk about the Kareem thing. He is right that Kareem, when he won his last two rings, was not anywhere close to the best player on that Lakers team. Now, fourth best is a gross exaggeration, but not anywhere close to what Magic was. But I'm not accounting the rings guy. It is not purely about how many rings you have, but Kareem does have six. But um, that's not why I have Kareem in the top two. What he said about 1980 was an absurdity, though. The, the idea that ma Magic was unbelievable in game six when Kareem was hurt. No one can deny that. But in that series, that even if they had lost game six, I believe the Lakers would have won over the Sixers, Kareem averaged 33-14 and 14 on 55% shooting with five blocks per game. So let's, hey, let's not disparage Kareem, who was undefeated in high school, lost once in college, by year two was, well, we'll get to Kareem later in the series. Then what he said about LeBron, there was a lot there on the LeBron thing, that the two biggest shots of his career were hit by other people. Well, I would disagree with that. I would argue personally, the, sh the game seven shot, over in the Spurs series, up to with the ball to ice the championship, is on par with the Kyrie shot. Because the Kyrie shot, as critical as it was, the game was tied and the Warriors were dead. The Warriors were not scoring anymore. But even if it's true, that the, the, nobody's denying the Ray Allen shot of it. And if we want to remove the context of the... The Heat were down huge in the fourth quarter of that game six, and LeBron brought them all the way back with an all-time fourth quarter performance. And then in game six, or game seven, the Kyrie game, obviously the block, obviously the back-to-back -back threes, or the three and the three-point play. If we want to, you know, just distill it down to those shots, then you've got to acknowledge that in the biggest shots of Michael Jordan, the biggest shots that Michael Jordan was a part of, there's the Byron Russell, Russell shot, but there's also the Kerr and the Paxson shot. And the one all-star thing I'm not going to, I won't even engage on. Scottie Pippen's an all-time player. They won 54 games the year Jordan retired. He had arguably the greatest coach of all time every step of the way. Dennis Rodman was a Hall of Famer. Tony Kukoc is a Hall of Famer. So don't give me the one all-star thing. So like, I'm not, again, disrespecting anything Jordan did, but the, the now the point Carr made about Jordan doesn't have a moment as bad as the eight-point finals game against the Mavs and a series as bad as that one. That is correct. That is absolutely correct that Jordan doesn't have a valley like that. But Jordan also does not have the body of work that Kareem and LeBron have. And their peaks were 
if Jordan's peak, if even if we even want to just say Jordan had the highest peak, if Jordan's peak was a 100, LeBron's cr- peak was a 98 and a half, and Kareem's peak was a 98. But if Jordan stayed at that peak for seven years, and LeBron stayed there for 15, and Kareem stayed there for however long he did, that's a differentiator. And one last point. Michael Jordan was an amazing defender. I know one defensive player of the year. There was no moment Michael Jordan was the best defender, defensive player in basketball. No more so than LeBron or Kobe. Other guys who were all-time great players and also all-time great defenders. But I know Jordan won defensive player of the year. He wasn't a better defender that year than Dennis Rodman. And he wasn't a better defensive player at any point with the Bulls than, or championship years than Scottie Pippen. Let's be serious here. Okay, now someone who won championships with Michael Jordan... Let's go to him before we move on. There is no such thing as the greatest of all time. Reason being is because there's no start and there's no ending. Every generation takes from the previous generation and they add to it, you know? So you're gonna say, this guy's the greatest. Well, those guys in the sixties didn't have the same equipment. There wasn't the same knowledge, same opportunities, the arenas training like i just came to the conclusion that you know what there is no greatest this generation is enamored with michael jordan the reason y'all enamored with him is because y'all didn't see him play michael jordan is the standard of the modern athlete that all of y'all know the fact remains is y'all don't know nothing that happened before him see that's the sad part to me about these discussions we want to act like everything started in 1996. truth be told connie hawkins elgin baylor dr j those people were doing the same thing. So there's BJ Armstrong, who I would encourage to watch the series. Nobody gave Dr. J more love anywhere outside of the greater Philadelphia area than I did right here. And by the way, I made a big, I don't know if BJ knows, but when we say Jordan's three, one of the people ahead of him is Kareem, whose career started more than 50 years ago, was the inspiration for this list. So I actually think in general, BJ makes some fair points to the overall discussion. Just doesn't apply to me and my list, which is the perfect definitive list of the 50 greatest players of the last 50 years. We'll be right back to preview the top two. That's next. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. All right, so there it is. Number three, Michael Jordan. That leaves us Kareem and LeBron. Going to be the two all-time leading scorers, or they already are. The two guys with the most All-NBA teams, the most top three MVP finishes, the most top five MVP finishes. The two guys whose you can bridge almost the entirety of the timeline of this list by their careers. In fact, you know what? Now that I think of it, the our top three... It spans the entire list from Kareem 
to when he retired, Jordan took over, to when he retired for the final time with Washington, LeBron took over. And so I said a long time ago, Moses was the inspiration for this list. Dr. J was the most gratifying portion of the list because I was, when I started wearing this a few years ago, like truly ignorant to so much of the ABA stuff. And obviously I've done a lot of the LeBron leg work in real time in my professional career. And during the pandemic, the very beginning, when there was no sports going on, we did a countdown of the 10 greatest playoff games of LeBron's career. So I had some of the framework of that done already. The Kareem stuff is jarring. And I'm excited to get into it. I'm excited to lay out the case for he, for the case for him, and the case for LeBron. And I'm excited for people to see this and not actually see it, just see the updated list and be livid. By the way, there's also, we did this contest of can you name the top 12? I think I have found one person that got it right. I'm not going to say who that is. But I, I, we have one, one, it's not only, there was only ever going to be one winner. It was going to be whoever got it right first. But the curveball of having Jordan three instead of two made 150 people who thought they had it right until this video came out realize they didn't. But we do have at least one winner. Well, we do have one winner. I think it's the person that I have sent to the group. But that won't be revealed for another week. We join us next Sunday for the second greatest player of the last 50 years on What's Right with Nick Wright. Hey, thanks for watching. Smash or just lightly tap that subscribe button. It all works the same to get more from the show and make sure you click. Why don't you want to mash the bell too, guys? Or just, you know, lightly tap the bell to get notified every time new content drops. Check out full episodes of What's Right wherever you get your podcasts or just hit the link in the description below.